This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, in the message paraphrase, says, How well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. You don't stand with the good-for-nothings. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about the topics of wisdom and discernment, and much of it is related to relationships or to the people we spend our time with. Now, in this series on rediscovering the lost art of friendship, it is clear that God has something to say about discernment in relationships, since we see it talked about so often in Scripture. Now, discernment can be a hard topic to talk about in this lens. Nobody takes pleasure in identifying people in their life who may be best kept at arm's length rather than brought into the inner circle of vulnerability like we talked about in the last episode. However, the Bible is clear as to the consequences of poor discernment and who we let have influence in our lives. Proverbes 22:23 through 25 is one example, saying, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. So to help us work out this final piece of the lost art of friendship, I've turned to Megan Greider, a Celebrate Recovery pastor at Saddleback Church. Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program for anybody struggling with hurts, hang-ups, and habits. CR is in thousands and thousands of churches around the world, and Megan has unique experience in helping people sort out the need for discernment and boundaries in their relationships. My name is Jason Whelan, and this is Rediscovering the Lost Art of Friendship, a Saddleback Church podcast. Megan, thanks for joining me to talk about this topic. I'm going to start by asking you just the overall question, how would you define discerning your friends and and why is this even important to talk about? It's so important to talk about. And I think that that is a good question, but I want to tweak it a little bit because I don't know that we discern our friends Mm -hmm. because the, the definition of discernment is really what is right and wrong, what is good and bad. Sure. And so we're not looking at people going right or <laughs> right, wrong, wrong, good or bad. Sure, fair. So I think there's an opportunity for us to frame this as is having discernment about our friendships, okay. not about friends. Mm. So knowing, um, being able to take in information and process that experientially for having these kind of safe, edifying, beneficial, beautiful relationships that God created has created us to have. Yeah. So discernment, again, I think if when we frame it of how do we have the healthiest relationship, how are, how can we determine healthy influences and discern what is the best for us as opposed to saying, we're going to discern whether this friendship or this friend is good or bad. 
Well, I think, no, I think that's a great note to frame this around is you're thinking about the overall friendship, the relationship and what it brings. And there's many facets to relationships, to friendships. And so when you're talking about discernment, you're talking about all of it is you're taking a, a, a 360 degree look, if you will, at uh, everything that that entails. And so it's important because, uh, well, A, that's kind of hard to do. Yes. That's, yes. You know, there's a lot there. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, it's important because one angle missed uh, could lead to issues later on. Right. Right. Because right. we want beneficial. We want beneficial friendships. We want we want connection. We want community. We want yeah. things to be authentic and real. That's that's our hope. That's God's hope for us in community. And so I think we we want to have a lens that He would have for what is healthy and good and and purposeful and right. Well, and I think it's I, I when you frame it that way, I don't want that to go unmentioned because I think that's almost a. a a very vital part of the conversation because usually when we talk about discernment, it's focused on the negative. It's focused yes. on what you don't want. Mm-hmm. But what discernment really does afford is looking at what you do want at health. It's looking at growth. It's looking at all of the good things that can thrive from healthy relationships. And so discernment is is like a gardener that has to pull out the weeds to get to the healthy garden. You don't just focus on the weeds is you're focusing on the beautiful picture of the garden that you see. That's right. Um, And so when you frame the narrative a little bit and focus it on the positive side of you, you of trying to build healthy relationships, Mm -hmm. then discernment needs to be a key factor in any of that. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and to look at it, you know, I, cause Jason, you know me. People might not know me, but I'm I'm a big fan of words and yes. what they mean and where they're used in the Bible. And especially for this thought of discernment with friendship specifically, I found Philippians 1 9, okay. which is in the NASB version. So okay. there's different versions of the Bible, right? So yes. this is the one, and this is how it the reads. The New American there. Standard. Yes, Bible. the New American. I didn't know that. I didn't grow up Christian, so I always want to like give people Good. I don't speak Christianese. But Philippians 1 9 says this, and I pray that your love may abound more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. Mm. So I grew up reading that is um, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that's how I read it in the NIV. So I was really curious about discernment and what that word meant in the original Greek. And I loved it because what that means is the experiential knowledge. That's what discernment is with Mm. our friendships. So so we don't have to look and make snap decisions about whether a friendship is beneficial or not. There's enough information that we're experiencing so that we can discern whether or not for this season in life Mm. that this is the friendship or that we're pers- that we need to go deeper in this friendship or or it would be beneficial to go deeper in this friendship or maybe it would be more beneficial to pull back a little bit in that friendship to discern that we know that because we're experiencing relationship we're experiencing community and the whole goal is love right so that our love would abound more and more and not just oh i feel good about you but we have deep connection we have deep community we love each other. We love God. We love the community around us. Yeah. And we do that with discernment. And I, I thought that was really interesting because also in the Hebrew discernment, it focuses a lot on taste. And I was like, what on huh. earth is that? Why, why is it about taste? But I guess, you know, you really get to know something. You really know a flavor by yeah. tasting 
it. And so um, discern in, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, one of the words for discern was literally, it's one of the most important verbs in, in the Hebrew Old Testament. And that main idea of it is perceiving a message. Mm. So when I'm in relationship, when I'm in friendship with someone, we are constantly giving and receiving messages to one another. And it's those messages that we want to discern and decipher and determine because that's what's, we're not judging a person. We're not discerning a person. We're looking and seeing, is this the message that I want my life to be? And is this the message I want to send and the message I want to receive? Mm. I mean, I have questions, but you keep bringing stuff up that I don't want to lose. So maybe we'll get to the question, (laughs) but um, I prepared for the questions, Jason. I, I know you did. And yet I keep finding these little nuggets that I want to hold on to. So you mentioned uh, in this season, and yes. I want to highlight that. Yes. Because I think that is uh, such an important thing that it is okay mm-hmm. to have different seasons with different friendships. That yes. and, the, and that investment in those um, based on discernment can look different. Absolutely. And that it's okay to, you know, have wisdom and discernment around what season of life you are in mm-hmm. right now and to want to uh, have people, have different people mm-hmm. uh, more uh, engaged with you uh, in that season. Right. And that's that's healthy. That is healthy. I, I think um, if I know one of my struggles and one of my character defects is once something is one way, it always has to be that way. I'm mm-hmm. constantly kind of making an idol out of security. Sure. And so I know, especially with friendships, um, they, I, I'm a relational person. I love connection. I used to think everyone in the world was my best friend. And I went through a season in my life when I felt like, where I had a deep need. I couldn't be other people's friends. I was going through a really significant health issue. Um, I was walking through cancer with my dad. Mm. Like I just, my life was full of very, very, very painful truths and circumstances. And I remember my best friend at the time, it was very painful because I was chasing after her. Mm. I was chasing after her and, and I just needed her to be there for me. And at one point she did say very honestly, your life is too painful for me. It's Mm. uncomfortable. And I, I don't think we can have the same friendship. Now, yeah. I have a lot of feelings about that, as does she, and it wasn't. <laughs> sure. But I think honesty is really important. We can be friends to this day because yeah. she knew what her limitations were. Mm. And in that season of life, I couldn't count on her. And that was, you know who I got to count on at that time is I got to count on God more. And then new friends came into my life that that were seasonally what I needed at that moment. And so I think it is important to look at friendship as organic. And, you know, I mean, when we're young, it's like you meet someone at summer camp and they are your best friend yeah. for those five days. And then you never speak to them again in your entire life. And while hopefully we have longer friendships <laughs> than five days, to be able to look at the cycles of life and the seasons of friendship and to hold those with open hands. Mm. I think that's great. Uh, so now to get back to the questions okay. that you prepped for. <laughs> oh, I'm going to change this one a little bit. So okay. I apologize in advance. <laughs> what are some character traits that people should be discerning of 
in discerning four. So to try to get the positive side too, yeah. what are some uh, character traits that we should bring into uh, our overall approach to discernment? Yeah. So I, when I, when I'm with people and, and kind of like, Oh, are we going to be friends? What's our connection? Like I really pay attention to how they behave when people are there and how they behave when people aren't there. Mm. And so I, I tend to shy away from, um, those that are really eager and open to talking about people who aren't in the room in a negative way. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to pursue a deep relationship yeah. with that person um, because I know when I'm not in the room, they've probably got some things to say about sure. me too. And so I look at things like that. I look at um, honesty and honesty in the small things too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that it's harder for me to deeply connect friendship wise with someone who will, will be, you know, tell those partial truths and they might seem small. Yeah. But if someone says, oh, I love your outfit to someone, and then that person walks away and goes, but that shirt was not okay, <laughs> that's that's real to me. Because yeah. I'm like, I can't trust what like, you wait tell a second. me. <laughs> I need to know that if you say my shirt is cute, my shirt is cute. So mm. um, that's, that is trivializing it. But it's, it's really looking at the characters of I, I, steadfastness, faithfulness, um, patience. I look for the character traits and I think it's important to discern, you know, what are we needing at that time? So if, if there is um, a person who is really wanting to fix all the wrong things in my life, that mm. is not something that is, I would discern as a friend that wouldn't be a, an attribute that I would want because I like to come alongside. I want someone to come alongside me in the process. So I think it depends on the person, but I think we can kind of all agree on the basic character traits of we want someone who we can depend on. We want someone who we believe is going to tell us the truth. It wasn't a gossip. Um, and, and that our stuff stays safe with them. Mm. That if, if they're telling me stuff about what other people have shared with them, I'm thinking, well, whatever I'm sharing, they're probably going to share that as well. Yeah, that is a great point, right? On our last episode, we talked about openness and vulnerability in the mm-hmm. and how those are pillars, foundations for, you know, a deep healthy friendship. Mm-hmm. But the but the underlying part of all that is safety, right? Yes. Is this is 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 this trust in feeling like you can uh deeply trust the other person with with your openness. Yes. And so when you are in this um a discernment space mm-hmm. that definitely has to be a part of, you know, a huge part of that is Absolutely. okay. I, I need somebody who has, who has my confidence yes. and who keeps my confidence. Right. And I think the trust also knowing and being able to discern what, what trust is to me. So the way I look at trust is you have my trust until you break it. Mm. That's just how I roll. Yeah. My husband, if he were sitting here, he'd be like, you don't have my trust until you earn it. Mm-hmm. And so I think being able to discern the qualities of a friend, what does trust mean for this person I'm in relationship with? Discerning what is, because I might think, oh, you don't trust me, when really that's not the case. It's it's trust, openness, authenticity. That's built one conversation at a time for yeah. people. And so- all of a lot of this is through the lens. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as as we are. And so I think the same is true with discernment and friendship. We might be looking for different things. We might be looking for different character qualities and being mm-hmm. able to discern who we can trust and who we can depend on. But that might be a different that might be defined differently for me than it is for you, Jason. That's true. And so I think 
uh, we go back to this a lot when you and I have conversations is we also need to understand ourselves. Mm -hmm. Who am I? What is my character? What is meaningful and important to me so that I know kind of what those make or break attributes or lack of attributes are in a friendship? Yeah. How would you recommend a person uh, do that practice? Um, which practice being knowing who you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's important. You know, my friendships actually reveal have revealed so much about me mm. and what I'm looking for in a friendship. And what I'm looking for when I'm not healthy, let's say when I'm a person who is in stress or or not really attached to, to Jesus mm -hmm. in the way that is the healthiest way. Um, I'm, I'm usually looking to be filled. I'm looking for a friend that can help me escape. I'm what I'm looking for tells me more about where I am oh, right now. Yeah. So the kind of friend I'm looking for, and I'll say now I'm older. Yeah. Um, we moved here. We didn't have a lot of friends. Sure. That was hard. We, we moved away from friends. So being able to figure out who can we trust, who's got shared experiences. And I knew that what I was looking for was someone who wanted to live life with me and someone who would be patient in that growing together, that that building. I, I didn't have a best friend when I came here at 50 and like met someone and a week later we were best friends. <laughs> I, it took me some time to yeah. do that. Yeah, which is totally fair. Yeah. That's expected, right? Yes, yeah. So what does the Bible say then about discernment and when it comes to our influences or our friendships? Yeah, I think... Um, influences is the place that that we're that we're landing more, sure. especially in this conversation, and I think in general in the in this Great. art of friendship, and and I think that again that looking at what can I be easily influenced on, and is that if if it is something, is that the person that I'm hanging out with, is that the person that I'm doing all the things with? Again, so there are people who might be, uh, let's use gossip, a little gossipy. Just a touch of the gossip. Just a sprinkle. Right? Just a sprinkle of the <laughs> gossip. Um, if I have a tendency, because I have a critical spirit, so gossip is something that I could be drawn to, a little touch, a little sprinkle is not going to work for me mm. as in terms of deep, close connection, because that little sprinkle with what I add as a sprinkle could be something that is toxic and sure. not... And not great. So that goes back to knowing myself. Uh -huh. I know what brings out my best and I know what brings out my worst. And if we're looking at relationship, I mean, I'm not trying to say friendship is all through the lens of what I need. I'm saying what is a mutually, what is bringing a mutually beneficial friendship to the table? Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a great point. So asking yourself those questions, and, and the Bible does a great job throughout, especially if we see this in Psalms and Proverbs a lot of laying out types of people to avoid, but yes. it, you know, but it often also uh, offers the flip side right. of, of what a, 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 a person of God is like, or a healthy person or a, a kind person. Right. And you can see, you know, from the Beatitudes, you can see this too, these examples. Yes. We also see this in the fruit of the spirit, right? It literally lays out, exactly. uh, here are, here, here are the characteristics, the attributes of what a spirit filled person looks like. And then you can also read in Galatians, uh, the opposite. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and also in Proverbs, you know, it says a friend loves at all time or a friend is loyal at all yeah. times. So we know what friendship looks like and we know what it feels like. Mm. And then, um, 
the opposite of a friend is kind of like, well, a fool and folly. And when you look at what, what we can be drawn to that also, it tells us like lying and gossip and slander and, um, you know, pursuing things of this world that isn't necessarily, I look at that of, I want to have friends that have, um, that are from all different backgrounds, from mm. all different, I like all different ages. Yeah. I, I feel like I can learn so much from the younger generation. So I don't need everyone to be my age having experienced what I experience. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to be mindful of the fact that I have a limited amount of resources. And if I only have a few friends and two out of the five love to do, you know, they, they love to go out and shop and are a little bit compulsive and obsessive <laughs> about it. That's not going to be good for me. Sure. So I need to discern that that isn't what I'm looking for. And the Bible has so much to say about influence. We mm-hmm. think, no, let me reframe that. I think I'm so <laughs> strong and I've, you know, I've worked my recovery or God has healed me in so many areas. And that's true. But you put me in, you know, with a couple of weeks with people who have my kind of issues and I'm not pulling them to mm. behaving well or transformative thinking. Sure. I'm getting pulled into that. And so I think looking at at all of the wisdom that that God has for us and his word of what we should be looking for in relationships. Yeah. But also balancing that out with like Jesus had friends in low places. You know, yeah. that was part of that was that was the his scandalous, scandalously diverse guest list. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. So how do we hold those intention? How do we hold discernment and grace and invitation intention with with this relationship that God is calling us to? Well, and it seems like the the key to pretty much everything that we've talked about in, in this conversation, and I think we'll continue to talk about it in the few questions that we have left, is really this idea of doing it with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Is inviting God into the conversation, right? Having discernment is not, I don't think, real, true, genuine, uh, proper discernment if you're doing it apart from God, right? right? So it's, it's you know, if, if you if you are asking yourself the question of, is this relationship healthy for me? Or you're asking the question of, is this, uh, is this the person of which that I want to pursue a friendship with? Do that conversation with Jesus, yes. invite him in, bring it to him in prayer. Right. I, I, I've, I've always loved uh, what pastor buddy uh, he says about this. He says like, if I, if I don't ask God for help. It's like telling him I don't want his help right. or I don't need his help. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us genuinely want to say, no, I don't need this. I got right. this. Uh, but we find ourselves inadvertently doing it so often because we just so often don't think to, you know, ask. Yes. And so, you know, but, but when we take the, take the time and when we see, you know, just say, you know, like, God, I'm really, I'm, I'm thinking through my friendships. I'm thinking through, you know, is this the type of, is this a person that I can trust? Lord, help me to help me to see this person's heart mm-hmm. and help yeah. me to take a step in trust or, or help me, you know, to put up a warning sign that maybe I should look elsewhere or whatever it is. Oh, well, I think that that's, that is really the key. Our attachment to Jesus should be the genesis of everything. Yeah. And so as we're seeking what health looks like in all relationships, and I think too, it's, it's important to see that, you know, love doesn't really have an agenda. So as long as I can be intentional in my friendships, but having an agenda with them Mm. is not helpful. 
And um, as I said earlier, I used to have a million friends or I yeah. thought I had a million friends. And I remember I was going through that difficult time where a lot of my friends had pulled away because of painful circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I had watched um, Beth Moore teach on Proverbs. And she was talking about how she walked through something similar and she decided and determined that she could really only have five close friends. Mm-hmm. And she called it her hand. And I'm not saying that everyone should do this. I'm saying that for me, it was like, yeah, I can manage five very deep, meaningful, close friendships. Others can be acquaintances, which I thought was a bad word. Like if you're acquaintance, I have, I have distanced myself from you. But really what that's about is I can feel connected to you and I can be there for you, but I'm not going to share all of my life with you. And I think about that because I think about my hand, how I can have one hand literally on my heart. I can hold these five Mm. women and they're not all the same through every season in my life. And so discerning that I can love so many um, brothers and sisters in Christ. I can love so many people that I don't have to like everyone and I don't have to be deeply connected best friends with everyone. Yeah, that's great. It's, yeah, if you start to think of a spectrum of friendships, like that's, it's not a bad thing. I think some people think, well, if they're my friends, they're either like my friends or they're not. And it's like, no, it's okay to have people who you are closer with than others, right? The same was true with Jesus. Yes. <laughs> he yeah. had he had disciples who he was closer with exactly. than others. And um so it's I think it's it's a it's an exercise in health to really think through your friendships and spend t- spend time saying like, okay, these people are the people who I trust with, you know, with my deepest darkest secrets. These are the people that I can confess to, you know, who 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 will love me, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens. And then there's these people who, like, I I can I can trust with some things that I can I can spend a lot of time with, and that um, I know are good people. Mm-hmm. And then there can be other people who've kind of filled that acquaintance category, where where yeah, I, I can see them from time to time, and we, I don't have to worry about their influence on me, you know, and then there's other people that, you know, like, okay, I I have to be a little bit more I love you from uh, a distance. I love you from a distance. We are building community across the room, I think. (laughs) Community across the room. (laughs) But I also think, you know, the discernment part too is let's say you have someone who is trying to initiate in friendship and is believing that they're investing and they're doing all those things and and are not finding that, that there's still a profound loneliness or there's mm. still a lack of connection. And and I've watched a lot of people struggle with this um, in the world that I live in and celebrate recovery. And I've also lived through seasons on my own. Yeah. And the discernment isn't then about others. The discernment that I need, what I need to then look in, what I need to investigate and kind of have knowledge by experiences is, is this, first of all, a season where God wants me to be alone, not mm. necessarily lonely, but spend time in solitude with him and alone. Or is this, is there something I need to learn? Is there something I need to discern about my character, about who I am? If I'm seeking and trying to pursue friendships and they are not catching anywhere, yeah, anywhere, I have no close friendships, mm. you know, balancing that out of, it's not always, you know, it's, it's not always me. Yeah. But it's possible that it could be me, that there is something that I have an agenda in this mm-hmm. loving friendship, or I'm seeking something that is can never be given in an earthly friendship. And so those are really tender things to think about. Those are tender things to consider. Yeah. Um, and with with the um, 
the loneliness that so many are experiencing right now, I'm not at all saying, well, it's everyone, you know, go figure yourself out. It's you. (laughs) But I do think there's something for us to figure out of, is this seasonal because God wants me and he wants just me. But we're built for connection. We're built for community. So if I can't build that anywhere, that's really where I can say, God, show me. Can you reveal to me what I may be missing? Can you show me how to love in the way that you have called me to love? Can you help me discern what it might be that is not allowing connection that is either within me or behaviors that I have? It's so tender. It's so tender because we long for deep connection and we long for friendship. Mm. I mean, I'm still a grown person and it's like every time (laughs) I see one of those best friends necklaces that you could rip up and give to someone, I'm always like, who could I get that for? I mean, I am just a six-year-old little girl at heart of like, where's my best friend? And so I think that, you know, I hold this space very carefully because when we're talking about discernment, when we're talking about influence, um, intention so easily can translate to agenda when my control takes over, when mm. I'm like, okay, this is how, this is what it looks like to have a friendship. And it can become this transactional thing where really sometimes it's like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? What's the season? What kind of, what kind of friends are you bringing to me? What kind of friend am I? Yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who is maybe listening and starts to recognize Maybe they have some people in their life who they've let in uh, an inner circle that maybe aren't the best influence, the best friend. Uh, what are some steps that uh, that they could take to uh, start to uh, heal that or heal that. to uh, or to uh, uh, create safety? Yes, I think creating safety is a, is the best way of saying that yeah. because because really it. Sometimes, you know, I'm a huge fan of having the hard conversation because to be clear is to be kind. Yes. And I think that to disengage from a friendship without letting that friend know why. Yeah. um, That doesn't always seem fair. Sure. If that person isn't a safe person, it might be the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. We're allowed to, to have a disengagement when something is unhealthy and toxic. I do believe conversations are um, important. I think I, me statements are huge. Not like, Hey, you know what? You're just awful. And so I don't want to be your friend or you always say mean things. So I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. Um, And I think that I think boundaries of knowing what am I looking for before I have the conversation, what would make this relationship healthy knowing Mm. I can't change anyone. So if I can't change someone, what would make this healthy? Probably less contact. Mm. I learned, I had a few friends um, that, I couldn't be on the phone with because they had all the time in the world on the phone. And I found that the more they talked, sometimes the more they hurt my feelings. Yeah. And so I was <laughs> like, like wait, you know. I'm, I'm seeing a correlation here. <laughs> so I was like, in person, it wasn't the same. It was more focused and stuff, but sure. you know, and so I realized, okay, I'm not gonna, that that's going to be my thing. We're not, we're going to meet in, pe- in person. We're going to mm. have coffee together. And so it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. for looking at how to distance ourselves from unhealthy friendships or um, you know, toxic traits that are being brought out in us by yeah. a friend. Um, but I think for us, first of all, knowing what it is, like what is upsetting us? Because sometimes we're like, I just can't be friends with that person. Well, what's the why behind it that's not about that person, that's about me? Sure. Because I'm the one who can do something about that. Yep. And so 
if it's in my control, then I can stop responding this way, reacting this way. I can create healthy boundaries and healthy guidelines. I do believe that it's better to have the hard conversation because let's face it, if we're pulling away from a friend or if we're if we're disengaging from a friendship, it's going to hurt. There's nothing we can do yeah. to make it hurt less except for if we're not truthful mm. and except for if we're not dealing with it, right? Then yeah. it's this thing that can fester and, yeah. and become more painful. Become more so unhealthy, do yeah. the pain on the front end in the truthful way and mm. have those painful conversations lean into them, not to cause harm, but knowing that it might hurt this person. And how can we do that in the most loving, edifying way? Mm. So if that is you, again, something to be... <laughs> It's yeah, it, it's, it, you know, this isn't necessarily the fun part of the conversation, but it may be the most transformative, hopeful part of the conversation for you. And again, like we just mentioned a little bit before, you're not alone in doing this, no. right? So if you are walking into it, if you, if you are talking with God about it, and if your heart genuinely is like, I don't want to hurt this person, but but I need to either set these boundaries mm-hmm. or I need to set these expectations. I need to make clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 you know, I want to do this in a way that's not going to, you know, it, it is going to hurt, like you said, right. but it can also potentially lead to growth. It could also right. potentially lead to other good outcomes for that person too. Right. So if you're, if your heart is genuinely for that, yes, then God will go before you. He will, he will set that table. Absolutely. I mean, like the the example I gave at the beginning, I still am yeah. friends with someone who told me the truth that, frankly, I don't like, I'm not a fan of that truth. I feel like <laughs> we should be able to walk along those yeah. who are hurting. But she also told the truth. And therefore, I wasn't surprised when she pulled away. I wasn't surprised. I had to walk through the pain of being rejected in because sure. I was painful and I was messy now. And, you know, that's my own thing. Mm. But she, we can be friends to this day. Now, I will say I discerned that we will never be best friends again. Yeah. Because I need a best friend who can be okay when my world falls yeah, apart. Yeah, there's a part of your life that she doesn't want to be a part yes. of. And, but the fact that that was recognized, yep. acknowledged yep. by her and received by you. Mm-hmm. Now, you know something about that friendship. She knows something about how she yep. is in that friendship. Yep. And, you know, and for you, it just means that it almost, it prompts you to find other people who yes. are more built to, you know, to be in that with you. I have very different friends than I did 19 years ago when I walked through this season in my life. And yeah. part of that was because I've discerned what works for me, what is good what is helpful, what is, what kind of friend I need so that I don't have expectations. You know, um, I had a friend in my life who always said, stop going to the hardware store for an ice cream cone. (laughs) And so when I know I'm like a girl who likes ice cream and I keep shopping for hammers and and then I'm mad. I'm like, why is this a hammer? But that's what I'm, that's what I keep going after. And so Mm. that's again, that, that discernment of who I am and what I need in a friend. I can't be all about me. But I also have to know myself so that I can be in authentic, healthy relationships. So I, I think we've been talking a little bit about this throughout this whole conversation, but I want to wrap up on this uh, 
positive note. Okay. <laughs> We'd love to end positively. How can, how can we be more proactive in making sure that we are the type of friends who are good influences, that we are the type of friends who, um, who people want to be friends with? Yeah. I, I don't want to over-spiritualize, but I def- definitely want to say that I know when I am attached to Jesus mm-hmm. and the overflow of my life of a spirit-led life mm-hmm. is the fruit of the spirit, as yeah. you talked about. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all those things, um, and the ones I forgot. And, I think you just missed goodness. Yeah, goodness. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which are things we want in a friend that we definitely don't want But you said all those things, all, so all it was covered. Things, was, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, but I think that I think that, that helps so much for for us to be the friends that that are that our friends need. Now, mm. sometimes our friends want a different friend. Yeah. And sometimes we need to be the friend that we're called to be. And so it doesn't always feel good to have friendships that are honest and true because then they are honest and tell you the truth. <laughs> but I think when I look at not just the kind of friends that I want, because I want a very different friend than my husband wants, but I yeah. still can be my husband's friend in the way that he, I just can't keep speaking my love language to him because that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) And so knowing that if I am considering the other person, if I am being honest about what I can and can't do, if I am showing up in the messiest seasons that make no sense and then don't make sense of those seasons, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's our temptation is to let me make sense of this for you as opposed to just being like, hey, I'm going to sit with this. I don't understand. I'm going to sit with you in this. We're going to do this together. And so friendship in general is living life and having patience. So mm. so to be the kinds of friends that I feel like God has called us to be, sometimes that's just also taking the time to build the friendship and not trying to rush it and not trying to make it happen overnight because yeah. we so deeply want connection. Let God organically knit our hearts together. And, you know, going back to Philippians 1, 9, I pray that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and discernment. Mm-hmm. How do I know to love this person? How can I discern what they may need and whether it's appropriate for me to meet that need or not? You know, those are the things that we can hold with these, this beautiful tension of what is difficult, what we can't do apart from God, and also what we were designed to do, and that's love and connect with others. Megan, thank you for having the hard conversations. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. What does it mean to rediscover the lost art of friendship? We posed this question in the very first episode of this series. It's an acknowledgement that somehow, somewhere along the way, we have forgotten what true friendship is and why it's important. Perhaps we have replaced deep, well-rooted friendships with shallow, cursory ones. This likely was not intentional, but the result of any number of changes in society. A digital culture, overwhelming schedules, polarization in a society that values approval over acceptance. The last art of friendship is, then, an attempt at reversing this national epidemic of loneliness. And, Best of all, we see examples straight from God's word. Initiate. Remember the value of friendships, that God made us for relationships. 
don't be afraid to take the first step. Plant seeds of friendship and see what starts to sprout. Invest. Remember the garden, the investment that is needed to take the seed of friendship and nurture it to grow into something beautiful. The time and energy spent is well worth the friendship that blossoms from it. Enrich. Remember the salad, the mixture of different elements that come together into a delicious bite that features all of the unique flavors working together. There's so much God has to teach us and show us through the ways he created us all to be different. Strengthen. Remember the roots firmly standing deep underground, way below the surface. To have deeply rooted friendships, we can't shy away from going beneath the surface. It's only through openness and vulnerability that you can grow something that can withstand the trials and hardships of life. Discern. Remember the Psalms and the Proverbs, the God-given advice as to who to let influence you. As you continue to rediscover the last word of friendship in your life, you are not doing so alone. The God of all the heavens and the earth, the creator of the universe, that same God is with you. Father God, thank you for creating friendship. Help us to be the kinds of friends you have called us to be. Give us the courage to initiate new friendships. Help us to prioritize with the people you've put in my life so those friendships can grow. Open our eyes so we can see those who are different from us the way you see them and help us to build bridges to friendships. Help us how to move past the fear of being open and authentic in our friendships and that we may be the kind of people who hold what others share with compassion. And we ask for the wisdom to surround ourselves with people who will help us grow in our relationship with you. Thank you for being with us on this journey, helping us to rediscover the lost art of friendship. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank all of the guests on this podcast series, Stacy Wood, Anthony Miller, Derwin Gray, Todd Hall, and Megan Greider. My name is Jason Wheeland, and this has been a Saddleback Church podcast. Podcast.